And my aha moment came early high school. I was training for softball and I noticed some days I was really slow. I was behind everybody. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be there. I was lethargic. And then other days I was at the front of the pack yeah. and performing really well and lifting heavier weights. And I actually went to my coach and I said, what do you think is going on with me? What's right. the difference here? And he said, why don't you start paying attention to what you're eating for lunch? Mm. That was the first time anyone in my life had ever said to me, mm. start paying attention to what you're eating. Hello friends, it's Amy Calandrino and I'm coming back to you with another episode of the Performance Mindset Podcast. This is our second one recorded in the studio. So it's always great to talk to people all across the nation, but today I have someone that I've actually known for over five years and we'll get into that. But Performance Mindset exists after I've been practicing commercial real estate now for over a decade and I've met some impactful individuals as well as some great leaders along the way. And I want to share that with you and talk about commercial real estate and business. So if you're wanting to grow, you're returning into the right show. And as always, I have my biography here to make sure I don't miss anything. And so today I have Megan Pacheco. When I met you, it was where? So it was, it was, it was a lot easier. <laughs> you know, my main name's Guy, so yeah. it was a lot easier than two. So nutrition expert who teaches entrepreneurs and high achievers, checkbox, checkbox, how to enhance their productivity and performance through proper nutrition. She's also the author of the book, The Optimized Life, a nutrition guide for entrepreneurs and the co-host of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. In her book, she shares her personal journey, starting with the struggles with extreme dieting during college to maintain a low calorie intake. And then her expertise has been shown in the Orlando Sentinel, Entrepreneur Magazine, Huffington Post. And also been on many television and radio programs, sharing her knowledge of nutrition and dietetics. Or diet, dietetics. Yeah, dietetics. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I love doing podcasts in person. This is fun, isn't so it? So much more fun it than is. doing it on the screen. Yeah, it's it so cool. But and, and by the way, I want to because I have people that listen throughout the country and even in Canada and, and beyond. Awesome. But you can serve people anywhere, right? Oh yeah, we do virtual or in-person yeah. consults, whatever yeah. works. But I usually try to get people to come in person if they're in the area yeah. for at least the first time. But yeah, we have people all over the country, all over the world in countries I haven't even heard of. Yeah, <laughs> and if you're consultations in, with us, and if you're in Orlando, she's in the Mills Fifty District, just about kind of heading into the Ivanhoe District. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, like right near Virginia and Mills. So where that fresh market is. We're right behind that. Plaza. Everyone knows where that fresh market is. Maybe schedule your appointment on a Tuesday to take advantage of the fresh market protein rotisserie special. Chicken. Is it the, wait, is the rotisserie chicken Tuesday? Oh, it's like the chicken, like the yeah, boneless yeah. skinless, okay. and they have all the different the mm -hmm. ground beef specials. Thursday's ahi tuna. So. Oh, I did not know that. Mm -hmm. That's a game changer right there. So well, let's talk a little bit more about you. See, and we and we love food. Yeah. Which we'll get into that. Yes. Like your whole methodology. You're like, oh wait, they're talking about dietetics and nutrition, but like they are literally salivating like over food you right now. You can't be a dietitian without loving food. Yeah. I, I don't believe that yeah. you, you can talk about good, healthy food without being a foodie yourself. Yeah. I, I'm totally a foodie. So, but let's talk about your background. Okay. So you, you had some issues in your past that kind of led you to this passion that you're, you're on now and you have yeah. your own boutique company too. Yeah. So I think, I think nowadays, I think the generation coming up now 
everyone's aware that what you put in your body is what you get out of it. Everyone's yeah. kind of aware of the importance of nutrition now. Yeah. But I think back in the day, like our generation growing up, the generations before us, a lot of people had to have that aha moment to kind of realize that. And my aha moment came early high school. I was training for softball and I noticed some days I was really slow. I was behind everybody. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be there. I was lethargic. And then other days I was at the front of the pack and performing really well and lifting heavier weights. And I actually went to my coach and I said, what do you think is going on with me? What's the difference here? And he said, well, why don't you start paying attention to what you're eating for lunch? Mm. That was the first time anyone in my life had ever said to me, Mm. start paying attention to what you're eating. And of course, I noticed on the days where I had nachos and cheese with a chocolate chip cookie for lunch, literally, that's what I ate. (laughs) Those were the days that I was lagging behind. Yeah. And so that was that aha moment for me. And for some people, it comes after you get your first high blood pressure reading or after you realize you've gained 50 pounds and can't fit back into your favorite gene. There's this moment where you're like, you know what? What I put into my body actually matters. Yeah. And so that was that moment for me. And so I took my $20 allowance that I had for lunch each week and went to the grocery store and started packing my own lunches. And I noticed how big of a difference my performance, um, just skyrocketed right. that year when I started to pay attention to what I was just eating for lunch. And so that made me realize, oh, this is something that can actually make an impact right. on people's lives. And I also noticed my body change, which wasn't why I was doing it. I was doing it for performance. And right. I, I noticed, oh, this can really affect the way that my body looks as well right. and my confidence levels and my skin yeah. and my hair and all of these different things that I just hadn't even... Yeah, yeah. Prior to that, I think Hmm. today, now kids, even high school kids that will come see us, especially, I guess I'm a little biased because they're coming to see me, a dietitian, so they are interested in nutrition. But I think people are more interested in nutrition now than they were 20 years ago. Well, I think that perhaps maybe there's more messaging out there about about it, and Mm -hmm. like people think that there could maybe potentially be a solution. For me, I went through you know, Jenny Craig, Mm -hmm. I I was never really an athlete. So Mm -hmm. I never really needed to worry so much about nutrition, like, Mm -hmm. because I was really focused on academics more so than like anything. And I never really like had an issue. I just ate whatever I wanted. and I was fine. Until like, I think my junior year, like I started to gain like a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And then I went like on this like crash diet and high school or college, uh, high school, school. I lost like 25 pounds during a summer. And then I think that put in my mind that anytime I wanted to lose weight, like I could. And so then it started this, like this crazy manipulation of your body and what you're eating means to an end. Yeah. And I was actually in good shape. I was doing like Orange Theory. I was eating more whole foods in like 2000, fast forward to like 2007. But then in 2000, I got exposed to the HCG diet. And I was, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. So then I lost a whole bunch more weight. Mm-hmm. I was actually probably more like 70 pounds less than I was now. Mm-hmm. Like, but I was having to drink egg whites to maintain it. <laughs> And so, yeah. yeah, I think with all of those fads, it's like you're having to do something that's not maintained. And so then I realized, like I came to you right around that time, like 2018, like when I was wanting to have kids, I also wasn't getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And so then we tweak some things and like away, away we go. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. but 
yeah. So, so then fast forward, like, when did you get your credentials? When did you start your company? You know, all of yeah. those things. So uh, fast forward a little bit uh, to be a dietitian. Actually, this is probably a good topic to discuss about. Oh, yes. So the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist. Oh, yeah. Wait till all these people that are selling these multi-level marketing (laughs) people. And if you're listening, I love you that you've decided that you're going to sell this latest multi-level marketing thing. And it's the secret. And you're going to be someone's nutrition coach and all these different things. But there's there's a big difference between nutrition and dietitian. Yes, nutritionist and registered dietitian. So to be a nutritionist, it's not a protected term anybody can call themselves a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. So you really want to pay attention to where you're getting your nutrition information from. And if it's just a nutritionist, I would then question like, what are their credentials? And if their only credential is that they look fit, it's not a very good credential. That doesn't mean that they understand the science behind how how bodies work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It could be natural. It could be that they're great at working out, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they understand how the body interacts with food and what's going to work best for you. It doesn't mean they're a good coach. It doesn't mean they understand how to get to the root of making goals. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but to be a dietitian, you have to have a four-year degree in nutrition. You have to pass a national registration exam, exam similar to like a nursing to yeah. become a registered nurse. To become a registered dietitian, you have to pass a test. In Florida, you have to be licensed to practice. Yeah. And then also in 2020, as of 2024, next year, a master's degree is required <gasps> to become a dietitian. Really? So it's a six-year plus process to be wow. a dietitian. So get your nutrition information from a registered dietitian, even if it's not me. I don't care if it's not me, but is it a registered dietitian? Right. You can look them up on, if you're in Florida, you look them up on DBPR then, or where are you registered DBPR with? Speak. That's the Department of Business and Professional oh, Regulation, or you kind of like the nurses. The oh, the Department of yeah. Health, mm-hmm. just yeah. like nurses and yeah. doctors. It's through the Department of Health. Yes, exactly. I just want to learn. Yeah, exactly. So, because mm-hmm. like if it's kind of like someone's getting a roofer, looking up whether they're like licensed and qualified, you'd go to the My Florida License. That's mm-hmm. the Department of Business and Professional Regulation for you because it's a health related yep. thing. It's uh, the Department of Health. You can look up anyone's license or, I mean, generally if you're Google registered dietitian and then your area, if you wanted someone in your area or Orlando, mm-hmm. we're going to come up. Yeah. In the first. Um, so then you've been through this whole journey. When I first mm-hmm. met you, it was just you. Mm-hmm. And now you have this whole team, but yeah. you've also written a book. So talk about a little bit about your book and yeah. all that. So I, I want to back up because back I, I want to tell people about your methodology um, just no working in the hospital so yeah. I, I went from being a dietitian the first thing a lot of dietitians do is they go and they work in the hospital right and at first i thought this was awesome this is great i get to work with a team of physicians i get to mm-hmm. work with a team of nurses but what i really saw there was that the people that were there it was too late i wasn't making the inter- uh... intervention fast enough so what a lot of people were doing was waiting until they were diagnosed with diabetes or cancer, or they just had a heart attack. Yeah. And then I'm walking into the room after they had just had a heart attack. They're on all these new medications. They're in pain. They don't feel good. I'm handing them a piece of paper to say, here, eat this way. I've got 15 minutes with you because I have to go see 15 other patients Mm. today. And it made me realize that that was not the place where I was going to help people change because you're not in the mindset mm-hmm. to really talk through how am I going to change my life when I get home from this place. When you're in the hospital, you don't feel good. Right. You don't want to have those conversations. And 15 minutes isn't enough time 
for me to get that person's background. Do they cook? Do they have someone who cooks for them at home? Do they have money to go to the grocery right. store? Like what's available to you? Are you providing for other people? Like these are all things that I have to get to know about you before we can decide like what's a good intervention for you? What's a good goal for you? Right. And so that's what make, made me kind of take a step back and say, maybe I do need to go that entrepreneur route mm. because I had not, in my mind, I did not want to go to business. Right. In, in college, we had a class where we had dietitians from each kind of place that a dietitian could work to come in and tell us about their careers. And we had the dietitian in private practice came in and talked to us. And she was like, yeah, you basically have to do all your own HR. You got to run a website. You got to do your admin. You got to know about taxes and finances. And I walked away from that class thinking like, I'm going to go work for a company that does all of that. So I can just be a dietitian. Right. But then going through that hospital experience, that made me kind of rethink that Mm. to well, how am I going to get to these people at a level before they get into the hospital if I don't go out on my own and do it? Well, yeah, I think it was interesting for me because I got into commercial real estate because like, I was working for my husband's company. And then I saw the impact of people making poor commercial real estate decisions. Mm-hmm. But there was really nothing my husband could do mm-hmm. other than help to maybe negotiate them out of the bad situation they were in. Mm-hmm. Or he was referring them over to a bankruptcy attorney. The other inverse was that I saw that the people actually own their own commercial real estate and was paying themselves rent, but how am I supposed to get to them mm-hmm. to give them this message? Mm-hmm. And so then I interviewed at a full, few different commercial real estate firms and then I decided, you know, I'm going to start my own thing. Yeah, I'm going to do, do this on my own. Even though it's scary. Like, yeah. I remember, yeah, like it was, it was a lot. So, yeah. And you have to, you've done your own marketing and yeah, I think all when you start things. out, you kind of start from the ground up. You kind of learn everything. You read yeah. a couple books on, I didn't, I mean, I didn't have an, MBA. what year was that? I didn't know. I mean, so this would have been 2011 okay. when I was working in the hospital. I quit my job at the end of 2011 and started my business. In you went straight in. You so, had no overlap. I I went to Spain for three months. I quit my job and went to Spain for three months and okay. traveled and then moved to Dallas. And that's where I started my business. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when did you come to Orlando? 2015. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you just did a lot of like grassroots marketing though, too. Because I heard of you through like Track Shack and some other different yeah, things. Yeah. So when I got to Orlando, one of the main things I did was go to each small business that whether it was like the Pilates, Pilates studio, track shack with people that I thought were like-minded that would be interested in nutrition. So I could get myself in front of people that I thought would be interested right. in my message and did free talks or put up my flyers or whatever I could do to kind of get my name out yeah. there. But then like we talked about OrlandoDietitian.com was available as a <laughs> URL in 2015, which has been immensely yeah. helpful in us coming up in Google. And we do get most of our clients from Google, just searching dietitian Orlando. Yeah. In case my competitors are listening, but it's okay. Yeah. I I get a lot from Google too, but a lot of it's just also two people. Someone had a great experience and they tell someone else Mm -hmm. about it. A lot of it was grassroots in the beginning, but then later on it started to be SEO. I'm trying to think if what, whether I was like Google or whether it was just felt like it was just kind of like at my wits end again. I can't remember. Like I was just like, oh, did this again. You probably saw all of our great Google reviews. Probably. <laughs> yes. Yes. Girls got some good reviews. Yeah. So. 
So yeah, so it started out with just me. I do have uh, three other dietitians that work with me now. I have one who does specifically pediatrics because that was something that we had been asked about a lot. Um, so my first dietitian that worked with me, she came on part-time, same story. She was working in the hospital. She wanted mm-hmm. to start her own thing. I met her right at the right time. And I was like, listen, I do all this back end boring stuff already. You don't have to do it. Just come with me. I've already got the space yeah. and you can see the clients. And so she, her name's Kate Richardson. She's yeah. been phenomenal. She's been full time with me since 2019 Yeah. now. And two of the things that we had the most asks that we couldn't fulfill were pediatrics and Spanish speaking. Um, oh, okay. So, cause at the time I hadn't had a kid, I knew nothing about kids and I was not about to counsel you on how your child should eat, not having that experience right. myself. So we do have a pediatric dietitian. I just hired a new dietitian who was semi-fluent in Spanish. So we'll see how that goes and if we can get her more comfortable in that. But she's brand new. She's actually taking her test in two weeks. Oh, wow. Wow. So you went from working through a hospital and now you're filing tax returns and (laughs) payroll and office space and all the fun things. Which actually I don't mind doing. I I enjoy the behind the computer stuff. I'm an introvert. I love Mm one-on-one. I don't necessarily love group things and speaking and all that. I'll do it every once in a while, but I do love that time behind my computer while I'm not talking to anybody and doing the back end stuff. So it's a good balance. I think people will be surprised to hear I'm more of an extroverted introvert. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. uh, whatever job I'm going to do, I'm going to do it really well. So if I'm going to a happy hour, I'm going to have fun at that happy hour. <laughs> if I am going at the hour. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to the gym, I'm going to the gym. Yeah. So like, I think also probably I make, makes a good client. Because uh-huh. if you're coaching me and you're like, Amy, sure. this is what you're supposed to do, then sure. I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do? So, yes. yeah, because I have Erica's my running coach. I have you. I have a business coach. I have another coach that we're working on, like, some, like, Tony Robbins, like, ideas. But, mm-hmm. like, I think the more you surround yourself, the more you can shape your mindset. And that's what I was thinking, too, is, so did you go through specific things to learn more about coaching? Because it's turned, like, you, you're more than, like, a dietitian. Yeah. I think the entrepreneurs you work with... Like you're really good at like the goal setting and setting up like the milestones and all of those things. How did you like develop that? Just from experience, honestly. So as I started, when I started talking to people one-on-one, the thing I thought was, oh my gosh, I should have done psychology because this is not about nutrition. We're not talking about broccoli. We are talking about what's going on in this person's life, the barrier to them making change, and how do I get them past it? It's not about broccoli. It's not about broccoli. Like everyone knows. you're getting this. <laughs> Everybody knows broccoli is good for you. That's not the problem here. And so when I realized that it was, you know, through just doing the experience, and it's like, oh, these people aren't coming in just so I can spout out nutrition information out there. No, well, I can that figure I that out. It's like. You know, if you had something that you wanted to accomplish and you went and talked to anybody about it and then you made an appointment next week to talk to them about it and then you made an appointment next week to talk to them about it, you'd probably make a lot of progress on that, whether they were a dietitian or not. Right. Of course, it's helpful that I know the science behind Mm -hmm. the recommendations and how to make them. But what it's really about is staying accountable to somebody and really sitting down and measuring your progress because Mm -hmm. what you measure is what you improve. Right. And so I'm just a glorified problem solver. Right. I sit there and I learn about the individual <laughs> and I help them to figure out how to take what their goals are now to where they currently are to where they want to be. And, and that was just through experience 
reading a lot of psychology books, listening to a lot of psychology podcasts, mm-hmm. and just kind of learning how the brain works, learning how people tick, yeah, and just doing it over and over again through thousands of one-on-one conversations. It probably has been thousands. Oh, now. it has for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're so right. It's not about broccoli. Like I remember showing you my iPhone and showing you me deleting my fitness pal from my phone <laughs> because like I couldn't. <laughs> I was so like obsessed with like tracking every single thing. And I became like so good at like losing weight, like all the time. What I I I realized in my practice, but not until I was in practice was I would have those people and I would get them to succeed right off. Like, okay, we're going on 1500 calories. Like, yes. And then they would succeed. We'd do a three session package and they would be successful and they'd get their goal and everything would be great. And then they'd call me nine months later 12 months later and they're like i'm right back at square one and then we'd work together again and then they get to their goal and then they call me and i'm like what is this thing that's happening and what am i actually doing here am i actually helping these people or am because i enabling they keep them? calling me again a year later and yeah. we never fixed the problem like my, yeah. fit, my fitness pal did not fix the problem it was just a band-aid yeah. on like what's this thing that I can get obsessed about and then get to my goal and then yeah. whatever else is happening in my life that I didn't actually fix, I kind of go back to that. And right. Then, so yeah, I've seen that over and that's what made me change my practice and the way that I was Tweak working it. Yeah. with people. It wasn't just about you track your calories, see what happens. No, I, I think it's like a holistic approach. I mean, for me, and it's something I've talked about in my podcast, is you know, I see a psychiatrist, psychologist, I have I have like a whole like like team, team and but like I don't feel like as I'm I don't feel like I've ever been really like dependent upon the team. There's times where I've really needed to like get the ball rolling, but now I feel like it's more like maintenance. Yeah, because I think I truly love myself and like I don't like it's to me it's not like the number on the scale. To me it's not the size that I wear. To me it's like okay, food is fuel and like my mindset is completely mm-hmm. like different. Like and I don't. I don't go out and eat a whole bunch just because there's like a buffet. Like I don't have like that urge. It's because you know, your not, body's well fueled. My when your body's well. not well fueled. That's when you get those urges yeah. to go nuts at the buffet or eat an entire tray of brownies. Like that's not, there's something wrong with you. That's your body trying to say, Hey, there's something wrong here. And you yeah. need more of something that we're not getting. Right. Right. So it's interesting. And I think, so we talked about a little bit, like, what do you think are some of the common misconceptions or myths about nutrition and dieting that you've encountered? I think in the nutrition world, we've done a really bad job over the past 60, 70 years of trying to put out these blanket recommendations for people Mm. and saying, here is the right way to eat. Everybody do this. Mm. And it's never really worked very well, but then we keep doing it over and over again. And I think finally we're moving more into that that realm of individualistic nutrition because you might eat oatmeal for breakfast and feel amazing and full for four hours. If I eat oatmeal for breakfast, I'm hungry in an hour. Oh, me too. Or if I have a protein shake in the morning, I'm like exhausted. I have to have some eggs or something that like sticks to my bones. People are different. Some people need more protein. Some people need more carbohydrates. Some people are going to thrive off of a keto-esque diet. Some people can't stay on that for more than two days. There's a reason for that and it's genetics. And yeah. I don't have something where I can just plug you in and it's going to tell me exactly what's going to work best for you. But we don't really need that. We just need to listen to our bodies. Yeah. My evidence for this is, so I did genetic testing because there are specific 
polymorphisms that you can test for that we kind of know of now. Just some fun ones. Like one tells you how you metabolize caffeine. I didn't need this thing to tell me that I'm awake at midnight if I drink coffee at 1 p.m. Like I know caffeine affects me. Right. So it tells you whether a slow or fast metabolizer. Oh, that's interesting. Caffeine. Okay. There was one genetic marker that showed that I don't metabolize saturated fat very well. So that's why. So I typically try any of the fad diets that come out, yeah. not because I want to do a diet, but because I want to be on the level of talking to my clients. Like I've tried this. I know what the pitfalls are. I know what it's like to do this. I know what's great about it. I know what's horrible about it to just give a perspective of a professional. So when something becomes as big as paleo or keto or something like that, I want to have the experience to be able to talk to the individual about it. So when I did the ketogenic diet, I was absolutely miserable. I wanted to kill someone. You shouldn't put me on it. I think (laughs) it's very dangerous for society. All I wanted was blueberries and mango. Like that's what I craved. And it was like, what is wrong with this that I can't have something so good for me as a blueberry and it kicks me out of ketosis? Mm-hmm. Well, come to find out, I don't metabolize saturated fat mm-hmm. well, which is the number one thing that you're eating when you're on a ketogenic yeah. diet. So it's just, it's about trusting your body more to figure out what's going to work best for you as an individual, which we tend to shut off cues instead of turn them on and listen in because we yeah. learn from a very young age, don't eat this or don't eat that, or it's not time yeah. for this or it's time for lunch at noon and we can only eat at this time or you don't eat a snack until this. We learn to shut off the cues mm-hmm. instead of to tune in. So I think what we could do better is recognize that nutrition is individualized and yes. also recognize that your body is your best indicator of what you need, not my fitness pal not the next greatest, <laughs> latest diet, yeah. not whatever the next product that's out there, not the next MLM that's selling you. They're, they don't tell you what you need. Your body tells you what you need. You just forget that. Well, it's interesting. I think just in the last year and a half, I finally read uh, Tim Ferriss's book, like the Rules of Titans or whatever. Tools of Titans, yeah. Tools of Titans. Yeah. And it was so interesting. And that's what I really started to realize that things were individualized. And I just think... I think as a leader, I think you just have to trust yourself more. And I think you have to have confidence. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what I like had to learn is like, I couldn't look at what everybody else is doing around me. And I couldn't keep like subscribing to all these different things. And I needed to do what was like right for me. And, but I mean, it had some helpful things. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you said, you try it out and like, I, I I just absolutely love cold plunging. It's (laughs) I finally actually plunged fully in okay like Tony Robbins like, style under my head okay I'm and I came back up off. oh my god it's where are you so doing good. this Genesis Health Club okay in, in uh Maitland it's okay. uh they have multiple locations throughout the country but we have full plunge hot tub we have sauna we have and we have the steam room mm-hmm. and it's just this huge facility and it's so cool I've met some of the coolest people there it's yeah. been it's been, I mean, obviously you, you just meet all kinds of different people. It's like, but definitely I've met now. I have some people that they like look forward to seeing me like at a certain time and it's yeah. like fun. Yeah. It's, How it's, often do you do it? I'm at the gym at least three times a week now. Okay. Do you so, do the plunge every time you go to the gym? Pretty much. Unless I forget my bathing suit. 
Do you do before or after? After. Okay. I like to warm up my body and I like yeah. to do the cold after. Do you have a period of time like between there or do you go straight from the workout to the cold plunge? Let's shower off and all of that and okay. then go in the cold plunge. Try and give yourself 20 minutes. 20 minutes? So the, re- the reason why I'm saying this, so if you look up Rhonda Patrick, she has a white paper on cold plunges and doing that in regards to exercise. And so when you're exercising, you're creating these heat shock proteins. Yeah. And those heat shock proteins are good for your body and you're creating damage in your body and you you want your body to have that damage. It's good damage. It's good stress. And the cold plunge is also good, but the cold plunge can kind of undo. Undo everything you did. That's maybe why not not sore. Not all of it. It's not going to undo all of it. But what she said was, you know what? You want to wait a little bit to do that. To let those set in maybe. You want to do it right you exercise and this is just like very small potatoes <laughs> but you know you're there and you're doing it but and it's all great for you yeah okay, but cool. I maximize, but like, it. maximize it like way 20 minutes well the one thing I tweak too is I'm doing less weight now mm-hmm. like I used to feel like I can do over like 200 with my legs like with leg presses but mm-hmm. now I'm like doing like a buck 80 but I'll do 30 reps then 10 reps then 10 reps then 10 mm-hmm. reps then 10 reps then 10 reps yeah. And, but I think, yeah, you're right. Probably like wait like 10, 20 minutes, let mm-hmm. it kind of like sit in a little bit and then get in the cold plunge. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can do that. I usually get on my laptop after my yeah. workout, but there after the cold plunge, but maybe do it before my cold plunge. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I have two hours. Now I do want to like, maybe we should tag Genesis if they could bring back like the three hour like childcare. Okay. That would be okay. great. Okay. Two, two is good. Yeah. But three would be even more awesome because okay. I feel like trying to do, like yesterday it was like an 80 minute thing to get through 30 minutes of bike. I did 30 minutes of bicycling and then I went straight into doing like weight routine mm-hmm. and yeah. But then by the time I did all the things, I'm like, I'm running there. I have literally 90 seconds left yeah. by the time I have to go get my kid. Yeah. Or maybe two and a half hours if I could get this. Okay. All right. Genesis, Let's just, you heard d- it. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Speaking into the universe. Yeah. So. When you have, you have a baby now, too. I do. He's two. Two and a half. Wow. Two and three quarters. He's not two and a half anymore. He's two, two, two and three quarters. He'll be three in February. Yeah. How was that adjustment as like an entrepreneur, mom, <laughs> oh, all the things? Just rocks your entire world. Doesn't entire it? Entire world. Yeah. 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 Totally different person. Just, I actually, so speaking of the book, The Optimized Life. So I just published the updated version of okay. it. I hit publish on it before I came here. Oh! Oh, yay. So yay. It's, it's the same book, but it's just an updated version because I felt like I changed so much as an individual and in my recommendations. And I had written the book pre-kid. Uh-huh. And then, so then at the beginning of the year, I read through the book again, just as a reader, because I hadn't picked it up in so mm-hmm. long. And I read through some things and I was like, that's kind of bull crap. <laughs> like why? It just, just knowing as a parent, I was so adamant about like, oh, if this isn't working for your schedule, just change your schedule. Oh, if this isn't like just, and now I'm like, oh yeah, I was a little too hard on people. Right. And I didn't really recognize like what was actually going on at home when you have a toddler. Uh, and it, you're not on your schedule. You're on their schedule. Yeah. I, it just changed a lot of perspective for me. And so I kind of went through the book again with that lens, made some changes, made some updates just based on like products that aren't available after COVID that people that went out of business and things like that. Uh, so it's just an updated, I wanted to make sure that it was the most up-to-date thing that was out there and that I was proud of it. So I hired a new cover designer and kind of went through as that's so cool. It's my perspective as a parent. Now, this is something I can kind of stand behind. 
It's it's cool though too. Instead of writing a whole new book, you just did like an updated version. I think that was yeah. that was a great idea. I mean, some of the I've read some different books on business, you know, and some of them we have like their seventh edition and mm-hmm. they were originally. So I find that you know if you found like there was enough value in there instead yeah. of having a whole other book, that was still great. But just some of, especially like the exercise chapter, that was the one that I changed the most because mm-hmm. I think pre having a kid, I was like. CrossFit, loved it, wanted to go in and just crush it, kill my body, be dead tired afterwards. It would take, it was, you know, two hour process. You got to drive there, you got to do the workout, Mm -hmm. you're gross, you're muddy, you got to shower, you got to do all the thing. I don't have time for that. There's no way. And if you had told me before that I'd be doing Pilates classes on video in my garage, I'd be like, boring, no way. But now I love that. It's 20 right. minutes. Yeah. I'm not dripping in sweat. And if that's all I have time for, and that helps me get my core strength back after having a baby, mm-hmm. I was so grateful that something like that was available to me. And I feel like I, I couldn't go do squats. I couldn't go do jump rope. I would pee myself all <laughs> over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's, so that perspective of yeah. knowing what moms go through, what parents go through and being like, just go join a CrossFit gym. Like, that's just not. Well, and it's a curated approach. Like, I think the one thing that I'm missing right now is like yoga, like Mm -hmm. more like (laughs) movements. And so I'll actually be going back to like Orlando Power Yoga Mm -hmm. again. And Mm -hmm. I just because I get like such a release. Yep. I do once a a week, Warrior One. Oh, yeah. Warrior One once a week. It's just like a, I know I got to get that on my schedule. Brittany, who's my assistant sitting off screen, we need to get that in the (laughs) schedule. Maybe we'll figure it out. And just like keep talking, I keep thinking about it. Like every day, I want to go yeah. back into it. But I also am like a r- ritualistic person that mm-hmm. everything's subscribed. You know, we record these podcasts on certain days; they drop on certain days. I d- I'm just that way. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. again, everybody's kind of different. Mm-hmm. So well, it's cool. So where would that be? Is that like Amazon? Amazon? Yeah, it's on Amazon. Absolutely. So you press publish, and I press available? publish, and then Amazon does a 48 hour review. So it's mm-hmm. a, they say it can take up to 48 hours for the changes to be live. So, so it'll be available time. before Thanksgiving. Yeah, for sure. It's gonna be a great gift for yeah. people. Black Friday. <laughs> uh, so uh, those listening, if you have any entrepreneurs, leaders, people looking for something, it's been great. Yeah, no, I and I still do like a tune up with you every so often, mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like taking stuff away from myself again. But so. I, th- I think it's great that you do that because when you have someone on board, when something happens and you really <laughs> need it. Yeah. So whether it's a mental health therapist, a dietitian, a trainer, when you have those people in place that you really trust, yeah. a physician, like a general practitioner. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So when something happens, now you're not scrambling to try to find the best person. You've already done your homework to know this is the best person yeah. to help me when that happens. Oh yeah. Plug for my, I have the best OBGYN ever. I I caught her on the, I caught her on the upswing, just like I did with you. Like I found her when she hadn't blown up to be as big as she is today. Uh, Pam Snook from Contemporary Women's Care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everyone knows Pam Snook. Yeah. She's mine. (laughs) I caught her like right when she was on her upswing in the early 2010s. And then, um, I have the best general doctor too. Like it's uh, Ariana Becker over at Advent Health and she's over at the Crosby Wellness Center and she's just, oh, okay. she's so good. I cool. hope I hope my uh, show notes like does drops for them. And yeah. then, uh, 
they get surged with like some new clients, but she actually practices medicine the way people used to. It's kind of like our approach where it's very much consultative. Like every time I see her for my annual um, physical with Ariana, like she's talking to me, she's making suggestions and I feel like I'm getting better. Yeah. And like, I'm not like, it's not like a reactionary thing. And like you talked about like peeing yourself, like when I started working with a running coach last year, uh, that was like a major issue. And I learned too that, that I needed to get, and then she got me with like the best place to get like rehabilitated because <laughs> I had mine very too close together. <laughs> so um, sorry to any guys listening. So no, you wait, need wait, to know yeah, this happens. This, this does happen. With, this is what we deal with. This is what you we can deal. run and not pee good for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're going to pick the broccoli quote or the, you know, if you can run and not pee yourself, then <laughs> it's good for you. I don't know which one they're going to pick, but well, and then you, you have your own podcast. Yeah, so Nutrition Awareness Podcast. So Kate is definitely the more extroverted one, the one that loves speaking. So when we have businesses that come to us and want us to come speak, she's the one that's going out there doing all that. She's the one that's wanted to start the podcast. So I'm on it with her, but I don't claim to be the main host (laughs) of it. She comes to me with the ideas. I kind of follow along with her, ask her questions, do the things. But yes, Nutrition Awareness Podcast. So usually anytime something becomes uh, something we've been asked about more than three or four times, we'll usually do a podcast. Oh, that's a great idea. Like I kind of do that with my video blog. Yeah. yeah so I don't have like, a podcast. Like, I mean, I have this podcast that's strictly on mindset because yeah. I find it near and dear to me, but that's a good idea too. Like yeah. if you get asked by a client more than just a few times, mm-hmm. then. And then we have that resource. So when someone yeah. asks us about something like collagen in our initial appointment, it's only an hour long. Like I don't want to spend 15 minutes talking about collagen. There's much more important things we can talk about. So here's the podcast. So just listen to this. And then that way we're not wasting time in session, just going through all these. What about college? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can talk about college if you want to talk about No, no, no. We'll, we'll refer people to your podcast. That was interesting. I was pulling out my uh, collagen protein powder this morning. And I'm like, I was hearing stuff about this. And so maybe that's why people are curious. So Verisol yeah. collagen from Costco is the, the tablets is the cheapest form of high quality collagen that you can get take three a day it's like $14 for uh, yep. an entire huge bottle from Costco yep. versus the ancient nutrition and all of those brands where it's 60 70 dollars for the big thing of uh-huh. powder it does not have to be in powder form it can be in capsule form that way it's easier to take you don't have to drink something you just pop the pop the pills get the same i think that's where we get it it has like a like an orange and like mm-hmm. greenish dot kind of logo yeah it's a good brand. yeah it's a good brand if you can choke down the powder good for you i'm not a fan not a fan no not no. a fan but it is it is it is slightly beneficial for skin reduces the appearance of wrinkles slightly beneficial so it's not something where you're gonna see a big difference so if you're like i got some extra money i want some supplements sure go ahead and do it do you need it absolutely not it's not a miracle drug yeah no do you think there are any miracle drugs or not really (laughs) it's like a balanced approach some people might say it was Zempic is the miracle drug of the day. Oh, and I got stopped again <laughs> yesterday. Like, Zempic, 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 Zempic. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that could be a topic for a whole... Have you done a podcast, podcast on that yet? We have. Oh, yeah. yeah we, we have a couple months ago. We did. It's probably... We're probably due for another one at this point since it's been out for quite a You know, time. to me, and again, I, I, I think I've just changed my mindset that people will talk about this other thing. And I kind of feel like I make tweaks here and there, but I figured out life. what I like. I'm, I love my salmon. I love ground beef. I like rice. 
I like spinach. I know all the things like I like and I know how to put it all together yeah. and kind of stay in like my zone. And, you know, I feel like I found a balance and do mm-hmm. I eat perfect? No. But then like, I think if I hear, I think that's the thing too. If you get yourself like pretty solid in yourself and confident in yourself, I just, I don't care to hear about all this you other stuff because like, I'm off. happy. Yeah. I feel strong. I feel vibrant. Mm-hmm. I think vibrant was what our yes. goal was mm-hmm. when we started working get together again this mm-hmm. year. And I have reached, I feel like this like pinnacle of like vibrancy that yeah. I've never had before. And I'm drinking less caffeine because that was one of our goals yeah. too. Yeah. I, I don't actually have, I quit Celsius actually two weeks ago. I haven't had a single Celsius. <laughs> so. Applause, applause. Ooh, yes. So yeah, yeah. Wow. No, that I decided I wasn't going to buy it again from Costco because it was just too easy if I was feeling tired. Yeah. And instead, like, I'm not having that in the afternoon. And then if I hit a wall at 830, I'm just letting myself go to bed at 830. Good. You should be hitting that wall because of all the stuff that you did all day, <laughs> you should, that is your body telling you it's time <laughs> to start relaxing. It's time to end the day. So then instead, when you're like, Celsius, and your body's like, Amy, come on. <laughs> You did enough today. Right, right. No, no, that's serious. Like, yeah, and, and like we're not going to enumerate all the things that I do. But yeah, I think it's natural for my body to be a little tired yeah. around 8, 30, 9 it's, o'clock. Yes, it is time. And so, but yeah, I think I was propping myself up a little bit yeah. with it. Like, yeah. And so, I mean, I still do the uh, fizz sticks, but I don't think there's quite as much caffeine in them. And I tend to not do them like after lunch. I really try not to. Yeah. Every so often. It's just like when people have that. Or a little bit before like a pre-workout. But I find like I'm burning it off during the workout. Yeah. 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 It's like when people are hungry in the afternoons and they like beat themselves up about wanting to eat something. It's like, oh, your body is telling you that you need food because you're three quarters (laughs) of the way home, like through the day. So you just need to eat more food. Don't punish (laughs) yourself for being hungry at five o'clock. Go eat something. Go, go eat yourself like something. Yeah. 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 So no, it's interesting. So I want to make sure. Oh, wow. We've been chatting for a while. It's been a good combo. This has been great. Yeah. So we'll need to land the plane soon as I go, uh, as I say. So what do you think has been the single most important reason for your success? Oh my. Oh, uh, single most important reason. The first thing that came to mind honestly and it's kind of hard for me to say this being like miss independent woman i'm going to do my own thing my husband Mm -hmm. i feel like he's been such a big support system for me that when i come home with an idea or something i want or hey i want to rent this office or hey i want to hire somebody else he's always been the one to say like that's awesome like you should do that and if you fail, like I'll be here for you. you know? Yeah, like, we'll figure we'll figure it out. We're yeah. not going to be on the street. Like we'll figure it out together. So I think him allowing me the space to fail if I'm going to fail, succeed if I'm going to succeed, and cheer me on along the way. I think having that person there. Yeah, because I've I've never I've never been a rule follower. I've kind of like always done my own thing. But to have that one person there that's like yeah yeah, yeah go ahead go do that go do that I yeah. think has been instrumental to me being successful at what I'm doing. No, I, I don't disagree. I mean, my husband is an only child. His mom and dad were both entrepreneurs. His dad was an entrepreneur first. And then his mom, when he was seven years old, started her first like business. And his dad was super supportive like of her. He's like, yeah, go, go buy that franchise, go sign that lease at the mall. 
And the malls were a new thing back then. And like, you know, she went on to have like seven different flower shops. And obviously when I first met her, like I adored her and I said, things don't work out with your son. I think you're (laughs) stuck with me, but you know, we're still like really super close. And, but you know, because of, I think the example they set for their son, who's now like my husband, he's so supportive of me. And like, you know, we even do marriage counseling. We don't have any issues. Again, it's like just a preventative thing. It's a way to like improve our communication and be like better parents and all the different things that we we spoke about like in the last meeting because sometimes I do like I wish things would be kind of more perfect and more linear but like growing a business especially like commission only business uh, well not only because I do consulting now and expert witness now like and I have some like other kinds of things that I do are like non-commissionable but it's still like there's a lot of ups and downs and figuring things out and like sometimes I have to be reminded that he, he like said to me last week, like, you know, like, it doesn't matter, like, what happens, like, I don't care, yeah. I still love you, like, yeah. it doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. so I think it is really great to have like that support system. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm super individualistic, I'm still like going to go at it. But sometimes just knowing that, like, whether you succeed or fail, at the end of the day, you're just you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's something that I've had to learn to, um, cause I'm an only child too. So like I said, it's like very individualistic. Like I did my own thing. I made it here. Yeah. And what I find now is the people that I respect even more, the ones that give props to the, the people that are around them yes. that are helping them achieve it. Right. Shauna Rhymes book. I don't I can't remember the name of it now. So she's the creator of Grey's Anatomy. Um, Is that the same one that talked about the the Shauna Rhimes you were talking about with the cold plunging? No, oh, no, that, that's Rhonda Patrick. Rhonda Patrick, Patrick okay. is the cold yeah. plunger. Yeah. Shonda Rhimes. So in her book, she talks about how people would look at her and think like she has three of the top hit TV shows on TV right now. She has children on her own. She's a single mom, two yeah. kids. It, she's going to soccer games, so it looks like she's doing it all. Yeah, she's like, I don't like when people think I'm doing it all. She's like, I have a full time nanny. Yeah, I move my sister in down the street. My parents leave, live four houses down. All of these people allow me to look mm-hmm. like I'm doing it all, and it's like that's such a breath oh, yeah. of fresh air for the people to hear. That's like, oh yeah, the people that do look like they're doing it all, they have help to do right. it all. Right. Oh, no, I, I, I have to give like props. I mean, like I have, I have a housekeeper mm-hmm. and I have like, a, you know, I have a nanny mm-hmm. and I have like all this different support so that I can do it. Now I have to have to say like, shout out to my friend Beth Azor says you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have a relationship with your kids, you have nothing. Yeah. So like, I definitely have made some adjustments because having two toddlers that they definitely want my attention and they're craving my attention mm-hmm. has required some like adjusting. So I'm definitely more intentional about like assignments that I take on geographical vicinities, you know, all yeah. the different things. And like, and I have to pace myself. Like I wanted to launch my book sooner, but like I'm having to kind of like wait, but yeah. I do think that if you start to think that people do it all, like, I think everybody has their own tribe mm-hmm. and there's somebody that's helping them in some way to do all the different things. Yeah. And thank you for being part of my tribe. But yeah. Like, yeah. So, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, We'll have to include a link to that book. Yeah. I can't remember the name. It, it wasn't really. Was good. it like a biography? Or it, it was. It, so like a memoir? It, I know the title reads as a self-help book, but it's not. It's mm-hmm. her story and it is very yeah. inspiring. Wow. I'll have to read it. I'd love to read. Yeah. So. That's a good one. Well, I was going to ask you what books or events have inspired you most. So that that would be it. Do like, yeah. you like that book or anything else? Um, 
You know, I think event-wise, and I'm not even, I'm starting to realize it now into my late 30s, was my dad starting, so my dad got laid off from his job. I'm from a really small town, foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. Okay. It's a very depressed area. It used to be very industrial, steel mills, coal mines, main employers. Where's where's it from? What's it called? So I'm 40 minutes from Pittsburgh, but it's in Ohio. It's called Martins Ferry. Ohio. And when I was in middle school, most kids' dads worked at the steel mill and the steel mill shut down. And I remember my dad starting a business in his garage, fixing people's motorcycles to help us just kind of get by. Right. And we were to the point where we were going to the food bank and getting boxes of food, which as a kid, I didn't realize we were poor. I thought that was really cool that we went and got three (laughs) boxes of food. I was like, cool, it's that. It's right. It's cool. Let's go get it. But seeing him just, he just kind of did it. And he kind of, I feel like he didn't follow the rules either. He was like, here's my garage. I'm going to put up this sign. I'm going to fix people's motorcycles. I'm going to start a leather shop. You would make people's leather jackets and things like that. And that got us through until he actually went back to work in the coal mine when the coal mines opened back up. So I think seeing that as a kid, whether I knew it then or not, really fired that entrepreneurial spirit up in me to Mm -hmm. kind of want to do my own thing and want to work for myself and want to make it work. And maybe that work ethic, I think that's probably influenced me more than any book that I've read or mm-hmm. I think just kind of seeing that as a kid. I think it is. I, I think I'm really fortunate to come from very, very, very hardworking like parents who like failure was like not an option. And like when they would lose, you know, my parents um, both very blue collar and we'd have times where one of them would like lose a job or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like they would just like figure it out. Like mm-hmm. I like in middle school would help my mom go clean like hair salons and that mm-hmm. would be like her thing on the weekend. She would go get paid, you know, cash for like, commercial cleaning or not cash. No, this was all documented. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, she'd maybe give me like 10 bucks of it or something like yeah. that. But like we would just like go clean toilets, go do whatever you got to do, just mm-hmm. do what needs to be done. And I think like once I decided, like it sounds like your dad had like, a passion, but like I now have like a passion for like helping people like secure like a more like financial future and you like help people live a more vibrant life or what, you know, what is your, what is your motto? Let me remember. Like, I have to look at my title to remember, to remember what this is, but well, that's my understanding of it. I teach high achievers how to optimize life for nutrition and live a great life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then if you have that work ethic combined with that passion, then all of it kind of comes together Mm -hmm. and it clicks. So yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And that's, that's that growth mindset. That's a performance mindset. That's what we're all talking about. Right. So like that event, like really clicked for you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to get there, but now it's looking. Well, you got to give yourself credit too. And I think for me, I've sometimes always had too much going on and I've gotten a little bit more like focused. So yeah. which is good. So how do people find you? Is Instagram a good way? Um, man, I go off and on Instagram a lot. I took like a whole year off of Instagram. Really? Um, well, they can message you through nutritional awareness, right? Yeah. So now it's kind of like I dabble, like I'll get on a couple times a week. I I think business-wise, I need to be on there more. I think I need to share more content on there. So I'll do my best. I'll throw it out there now that I'll do my best to do that. But OrlandoDietitian.com yeah. is where you kind of see where what all our programs and our rates are. It's how you yeah. make an appointment and all of that. You can email me from there. As well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's at Nutrition.Awareness on Instagram. Nutrition Awareness is the name of the podcast. And then it's OrlandoDietitian.com. Or you can also get there through NutritionAwareness.com. 
as well. It was the same place. Oh, you have two websites. Yeah, just because so Orlando Dietitian was great for the SEO, mm-hmm. but then the company name was Nutrition Awareness. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure that I had both, and they both just go to the same place. You know that I own CREOrlando.com. To make it go to your website. That'd be good. Just yeah. redirect it. Yeah, CREOrlando. Okay. All right. Write that down, Brittany. <laughs> so, well, this is cool. So, good to connect with you and got her information. And so, I'm going to land the plane now. So, thank you to everybody for tuning in today. I'm Amy Calandrino, host of the Performance Mindset Podcast. Let's keep going out and strengthening our mindset. And I am signing off. Thank you.